You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings. Today's psalm is Psalm 82. God has taken her place in the divine council, in the midst of the gods she holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, You are God's children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, also passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while travelling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, He took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do thou likewise. This is the word of the Lord. You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now, for this week's sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable to you, O God. Amen. Swink and sweat in all that thou canst and mayest, for to get thee a true knowing and feeling of thyself as thou art. 
That's a quotation from a 14th century book about contemplation by an unknown English author. In modern English it goes, work and sweat in all that you can and may in order to get yourself a true knowledge and feeling of yourself as you are. One of the consequences of becoming a Christian disciple is being encouraged to behave in certain ways. More of that later. But another consequence is being invited to ask a very basic question. Who am I? Beyond that, to the extent that we can hang on to our faith, to that extent we can dare to face the reality of what it is to be me, to be you. To that extent, we can swink and sweat, work and sweat, to get as true a knowledge and feeling as we can as to who we are. I don't think we ever know ourselves completely, but it's worth making the effort to get some sort of answer to the question, who am I? The answer will change as we go through life. Our physical powers wax and wane. Our skills and knowledge are likely to increase. We might well develop our insight into what makes us tick or into the culture that has nurtured us or in which we live. Some will become more comfortable with how they identify their sexuality or gender. Some will become reconciled to disability or injury or illness. Some will learn to cope with the aftermath of abuse. There are many, many ways in which the answer to who am I will change over the years. And whatever answers we come up with, two more questions always follow on. What may I hope? And what should I do? It's no good me hoping to win at, win at next year's Wimbledon or next year's British Grand Prix. But there are things that it's realistic for me to hope for, from maintaining reasonable health to developing some charitable organizations that I'm involved in, with the hope of getting in some useful reading on the way. You will have different hopes, many of them perhaps being about your careers or studies or voluntary activities or relationships. With these hopes in mind, we can then ask, what should I do? With my three hopes, I suppose the answer is something like eat, sleep, and exercise sensibly, keep informed and be attentive, and make time. You will have your own shoulds, but I expect that if we were to make a long list of everyone's, there'd be quite a lot of duplication. Now I've put those three questions in order, but life is more chaotic than that. We don't live our lives as systematically as the order suggests. But it's still the case that we have to face each of the questions if we are to find satisfaction in life, and they do hang together. We have to face them not just once, but many times during the years we are given. In our Gospel reading, we are told about a lawyer who seemed sufficiently confident of his own identity to question Jesus on some very basic teaching. This lawyer's hope was to inherit eternal life. What should he do? First, though, eternal life. This doesn't just mean living in, some, living in some shape or form forever. The Greek in which the gospel was written means of the age, which in Jewish thinking meant what was characteristic of the final age. <clears throat> what should the lawyer do to gain access to this final age? 
Jesus asks him what he understands that the law to say about this. The man's answer meets with Jesus' approval. He's put together two of the laws from two different books of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. It's absolutely, just love it with everything you've got. Love God. And your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live, says Jesus. The lawyer knows what he hopes. Now his answer to what should I do has been confirmed. We've moved then into questions about how, as a consequence of our discipleship, we should behave. And the lawyer asks, who is my neighbor? So Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Despite its popularity, it seems to make so obvious a point, this is actually quite clunky, not to say clumsy. Luke wants to tell his story and contrives to introduce it by putting the question, who is my neighbor, into the lawyer's mouth. At the end of the story, the hero turns out to be the Samaritan, but he was not the neighbor. The story's been turned round, and the question, who is my neighbor, is not directly answered. Love your neighbor means love the person in need. That being so, it was the victim of the assault who was the neighbor, and yet Jesus asks, who proved to be neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? As I said, it's a rather clumsy story, and yet it contains an important truth. The truth is not really that a that a consequence of being a Christian disciple is trying to do good when we can. That's pretty obvious. The Samaritans were opponents of the, of the Jews. Jewish people regarded them as heretics and would have as little as possible to do with them. The feeling was mutual, with the Samaritans making religious claims that the Jews opposed. The Jewish priest and Levite had avoided the victim of the assault, possibly for arguably acceptable reasons to do with religious uh, purity, and also perhaps with, with danger. And it was the hated Samaritan who had come to the rescue. And remember, the par this parable was being told to a Jewish audience. None of us likes taking lessons which we know are true from people we can't stand. But here the lawyer and everyone else roundabout could do no other. What should we do? What are the consequences in terms of behavior of being a Christian disciple? One of these is accepting that we have to think through how we should behave, while recognizing that doing this is not just a matter of instinct. It's also a matter of discovering facts, taking account of them, and making careful judgments. This isn't always easy, especially if we are active, perhaps as an employee, within some big organization that we think has gone wrong. Think of the ex-employees of the Labour Party, distressed by their perception of anti-Semitism. And also we have to be ready to decide our priorities, though doing so might cost us. If we pray in the words of the psalm we heard, we shall find ourselves saying, give justice to the weak and fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute, Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That covers a lot of the suffering of our world. 
and God has no hands but ours. The Samaritan would have, would have put himself into some danger by stopping in what was a notoriously dangerous place. Jesus did not set his story on the Jerusalem to Jericho road for nothing. And in being a Christian disciple, we have one more thing to remember. The word disciple, along with its obvious connection with discipline, means follower and learner. Discipleship of Jesus is following Jesus in a disciplined way, but also learning how to do so better. I suggest that from time to time, remembering our three questions can help with that, especially if we are ready to get some of the answers from unexpected quarters. But of course, trying to be a Christian disciple has a universally shared characteristic. We all fail at the attempt. But having failed, we can believe that God forgives us and that it's always worth having another go, maybe with swink and sweat. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website, www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.